podcast in the world from WWE to DNA Impact by way of the NWA. It's time for Reffin' It Up with legendary referee Brian Hepner and guest host, Mr. Reffin' Rant himself, Jimmy Corderas. An all new episode starts in this. Is revving it up. Welcome back to Reffing Them Up. I am RJ. I am joined by two of the greatest referees of all time. Yes, I said it, folks. First and foremost, the man in the stripes, the head and senior referee at Impact Wrestling, Mr. Daniel Spencer, and sun's out, guns got to be out, Mr. Brian Hamner. But first, Daniel, what's up, man? How are you, man? Doing pretty good, man. I appreciate the that intro. I, uh, you know, I'm not I'm not Brian level yet, but I try to be. So I appreciate that uh, that compliment. Um, but uh, yeah, it's been a fun week uh, and everything. So excited to be back here in the booth and talking some. Uh, wrestling talking some um football and talking some uh paulie dangerously so let's do it rj what's wrong with you today well out, out outside of a having three hours of sleep see this see guys if you're not listening to this this is probably gonna be about the only time very few and far in between where brian's team actually won and my bills lost so that's what he's aiming at. And on top of that, I have three hours of sleep. I got my bills got to pushed in them pretty much. Is that what you're you're aiming I, at? I, I'll tell you what, but I'll, I'll just jump in here on this. I mean, if the NFL couldn't give it that win to you, they literally let Aaron Rodgers leave in four after four plays and say, yeah. OK, look, you don't have to worry about it. you can win this game. And then you just you blew it. I don't understand what happened to a backup quarterback. <laughs> I'm not here to rough anybody up, I, but I am the only winner on the panel that we have. You are, but I can't say much. Yeah, my yeah. team lost too, so I can't <laughs> say much. But and I my fantasy say, team lost, so it's uh, yeah, it's an overall losing uh, weekend for me in sports, except for my Louisville Cardinals who dominated fifty-six to nothing. That one I can, I can, I can uh, hang my hat on. Well, I will say though, RJ, I do have to beat you up a little bit because your boys couldn't even beat Zach Wilson for Christ's sake. Well, that's embarrassing. I'm not, I'm, I. I, I don't want to make excuses, but I'm going to probably do it anyways. Um, you know, apparently Aaron Rodgers can't throw to the Jets, but hell, Josh Allen can sure as hell do it m- multiple times. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't who know what that, it is. Whenever, who, was, who was that kid with all the picks? Some kid that had three picks all of last year, and he had three in one game today. I can't remember the guy's name. But he, he um he ought- be a fucking receiver shit well see it's whatever it is whenever the bills go into new york whether it's or when it goes into new jersey i should say because it's not new york um whether it's the giants the jets whomever they don't play well i don't know what the hell it is and i haven't seen josh play this bad since 2019 so hopefully he'll turn it around somebody will turn around and got the Raiders coming to town this week so we'll see what happens well, cool deal, cool deal. What? And, um, you know, 
just very excited and a cocky Brian Hebner today with this uh, Washington win. It was ugly as hell, but NFL wins come hard, earned. And uh, my defense stepped it up, shut the dough. And, uh, yeah, we off to a row. 1-0, baby. Y'all are 0-1, 0-1. Ah, season's early. <laughs> I'll take it. It is early. It is early, and I don't like starting the season 0-1, but uh, we've started the season 0-5 like or 6 before and end up going to the playoffs, so it, 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 it could still happen. But uh, as I said last week, I wasn't expecting anything crazy from my Colts at all. This is kind of a rebuilding, kind of see where we're at kind of year, and I, I expect next year to be more of the – the um the change uh in the the good year but you know we'll we'll see it's football see how though exciting I, football is we're already off script self i mean no, we were no i know but it's we're, doing fantasy though you're able to still keep up with everybody else and still root on and cheer and hope things happen so you know i'm 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 was, i'm just happy to have football back that's all mm-hmm. well with that being said then guys let's uh, get back to the script let's go ahead and send it up to our first count let's get going on this thing Last week, um, we see this not even so more so last week, but just in general, we see a lot of the constant mentioning of WWE within AEW. Uh, We saw MJF do do it a lot. We see a lot of other people do it in AEW. Um, But from my understanding, I'll go to you first, Brian. It's once enough is enough because you never see WWE doing it the other way as much or as frequent as far as specific calling <sighs> AEW out. It's always like a put down or something. You know what I mean? Well, they're not going to do it. They're not going to do it. They may reference something. I believe they called Cody the executive of something or whatever or another. Um, but they're never going to say their letters. Never. Vince McMahon does not believe in that. And he loves it. When AEW says their name, he loves it. And I would too, if I was on the competition side, I would say, keep saying my name. Fuck it. Keep doing it. It just doesn't do anything for them. It's not going to get them ratings. It's not going to do anything for attendance. Uh, but yeah, it's just, it was just redundant. I had to actually tweet about it. It was just getting on my nerves. It's like, do y'all even like acknowledge your own TV? Do you acknowledge your own brand? And then I had mm. fans coming at me. Of course, AEW fans, man, they're, they're brutal. Uh, that they can't take the truth for anything for some reason. And I'm sorry if you're an AEW fan. I'm not knocking you, but golly, have a little bit of space in your mind to expand a little bit. But um, they're like, well, storyline started in WWE and da-da-da-da-da. I don't give a fuck. It's over. It's over. You're on a different show. Put your own shit over. Or I don't mind references. Uh, MJF used a reference for Samoa Joe. I thought it was funny. You know, that was fine. It didn't it literally say WWE. They they were literally saying WWE and mentioning names on their show. Really, really dumb, I think. Really dumb. Then if no, I was dumb, I'd, I'd pull them back and I would say, hey, guys, enough of mentioning them, you know. Now, now when when do we start hearing the UFC name since there's a merger that happened today uh, there, as a hmm. report in this? When do we start hearing the uh, UFC names? And, and that's, just, that's now their competition, too, you know, because it's owned by – uh, Endeavor becoming, um, you know, uh, TKO uh, Global. So, um, you know, that there you go. So it's gonna they're gonna they're gonna start mentioning that too, just as well as WB. I don't know. I mean, it, it, I will say this: Impact has in the past did, did you know said WB 
um, a little bit here and there, or they've referenced it, but it's usually always like where, you know, like a Deanna Perazzo was talking about where she was with WB and she left and, you know, got let go or whatever, or Eric Young is talking about he left there and came back and things like, it's always like that kind of mention. It's never kind of like a mention of, of anything else. Uh, and it's, it's never done in a, um, you know, like putting down WWE. It's more about, um, you know, putting more about that's where I was and now I'm here kind of thing, you know, um, putting, basically putting them over. Like I'm, you know, uh, I'm here to, to no pun intended, make an impact or whatever it may be. So it's a little, a little bit different uh, on that. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think it, it's, it, to me, it's, you mentioned it once, twice. Okay. Every so often, but doing it all the time, it's, it's it could be a little too much. Yeah, because a lot of people even seen I've seen a few individuals on, you know, online, which you guys, you know, you see everything online. You got to believe it. Uh, is they're referring a lot to back to the attitude era again, because they seem to always go back to that. That's always in their holster. Well, this is this, you know, AEW versus WWE. It's a lot of like WCW versus WWF at that time. I'm like. Yeah, but that's when like it was cut more cutthroat then because they were legitimately close enough to come head to head. But you know, I think it's just enough is enough to a certain point. Totally uh, agree. This uh, this past week in White Plains, uh, it was announced that this year's inductees into the Impact Hall of Fame. At Slammiversary on October 21st in Chicago will be Mike Tanay and Don West. Um, Brian, two guys you're very, very close with. Uh, unfortunately, Don passed away recently within uh, this past year. Um, it's going to be good to see him take the rightful place in the Hall of Fame as well as Mike Tanay, too. It, it really is. It's um. What really makes me more sad than anything, and it happens a lot, so it's not just Impact Wrestling, but I just wish that Don could have been with us for this. I really do. Um, I know this would have meant the world to him. Uh, he was one of the least cockiest guys I've ever met that did such a great job at everything he did. Um, he was my mentor on the road. He was my heart, my rock. Uh, I explained this on many episodes that we've done. Just a fabulous, fabulous man. Um I love him dearly with all my heart. And I mean that with all my heart. Uh, I just really miss him and just feel bad. He's not with us to be able to take this award, but, but you know what? He's up there looking down, trying to probably sell us something up there. And, um, you know, and, and, and also Mike Tanay, so much deserving. Uh, this should have been gone, done a long time ago for that guy. But I, I don't think you could have put two of the finest men in this business in there. And that's to me that 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 Hall of Fame right there is the best class they've done yet, in my opinion. And I'm I'm not over exaggerating. You know, I heard somebody uh, mention on another uh, podcast um, talk about this announcement and say that, you know, like people used to not uh, kind of, um, you know, tongue in cheek, whatever Don Don West and kind of put him down for how he did it. But one of the ways that I that Don West did is that he didn't want to know what was going to happen. He legit like wanted to react naturally as a fan and as a broadcaster. And that's a big deal because that's why you hear that that soundtrack of you've got to be kidding me and things like that. Like 
because he legit like did not know that that was his natural reaction and it made those moments special uh for that and mike today is is i mean going all the way back to wcw and into the into you know tna and impact he is um you know he's people want to put jim ross as, as one of the goats mike today is is just as well as one of the goats in that in that discussion with Jim Ross. I mean, there's no doubt. You know, um, you can say you could pull your Jim Ross, Tony Schiavone, and and uh, um, and uh, Mike Tanay, and then uh, and throw and, and I mean, and that that could be your three. You can argue over who there. If you want to pick them out, Rushmore for four. You got those three right there. You just add one more person. Michael Cole, throw it in there, and you got your top four. You got your Mount Rushmore too. So I mean, it's 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 uh. He's um he's amazing. And it was and I, I got to hear I think I was kind of out there when it was announced and he, watching Tom Hennepin and and Matthew Raywalt announce it like and and talk about it. It was pretty cool to like see it in person. I mean I know it's like the watching on camera and then it was right in front of me, but watching them like react and seeing the true emotion behind them being excited for them going into the Hall of Fame too was pretty special. So well deserving, as Brian said, should have been done years ago, but glad it's happening. Uh, this year, Bound for Glory in Chicago, and um, and uh, yeah, it's uh, pretty cool. And um, you know, uh, rumor has it that's uh, not the only announcement that is going to be made for the Hall of Fame. So stay tuned for that. Nice, nice. Well, I will tell you this, and then we get on to something else. But uh, Mike today is basically an encyclopedia of wrestling. Yeah, I mean, knows everything. I mean, there's, I mean, he knows a lot. About a lot of things, a lot about a lot of things. Um, and and once again, I just want to touch on just something that you said about Don. Don was like that on house shows. I go up to him, and I go, Don, I got a funny spot, man. Let me tell you about it. He go, No, 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 no. Don't tell me. I want to watch it with my own eyes. And I'm like, Okay, Don, all right. And he just loved surprises. He just loved it. He'd get in that yeah. minivan of love, and he would just just go crazy <laughs> about it. It was good stuff, man. I, God, I miss him, man. I really do. I miss him a lot. I mean, it makes me kind of sad a little bit, but well, and one thing about Mike, one thing about Mike today, I bet I, I'm curious if if Mike today would have been able to to tell uh, RJ exactly what would have happened in that in that game with the uh, the Bills and the Jets because he's a sporting he's a, he's a he's a uh, handicapper in Vegas with sports betting. Yeah. So right now, so I'm pretty sure he knew. Uh, put your money on the on the Jets. <laughs> and that, and that, well, uh, but see, the, the, fun, the, but the funny part about it is that's a nice transition. I like what you did there, Daniel. The yeah, nice yeah. transition, because we're going to talk that next. But the interesting part, though, is the spread was, I think, the spread was two and a half going to Buffalo. And I think the over-under was, I want to say, 46 and a half. Mm. Okay. So... I, I know there have been there's a lot of people out there that would have probably taken that that the, the over, but I'm like even that I'm like I hate doing that. I'd rather just do the spread. And honestly, that and that would have that would have obviously uh, that would have worked if you picked the Jets. So, <laughs> jeez, but but it's just it, it's I've gone through this for crap thirty years and. To this day, it's like my son, he'll go, he's like, Hey, let me know what happens. Text mommy when you get up in the morning. Cause I'm up at four 30 in the morning for work every day. So I leave the messages. Hey, they, they, they lost 22 to 16. I believe Allen had four turnovers, walk off punt return for a touchdown to win it. And over time, blah, blah, blah. 
he's literally gotten to the point where he legitimately starts bawling his eyes out. They lost. They lost. I can't believe I lost my butt. It's just the game. No, we're going to life's going to go on for us. We're not getting paid millions of dollars. But at the same time, it's nice to see because I've even seen him get that way a little bit with wrestling, too. You should let that poor kid choose his own team. I'm just, I'm just, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but the best, but the best up from about it is though, is I'm like, I'll take him the, uh, it took him the bill, a bills preseason game. And then I'm like, we'll watch other games. I'm like, I'll, we'll watch whatever is usually here locally. We don't get the ticket or I don't get the ticket. So we'll watch whatever's usually it's been, you know, Dallas in the late game or Washington or Denver or something. So he has the opportunity to like other teams. I'm not going to fault him for that, but I'm like, he despises the Patriots and Tom Brady. So what more can you ask for? I tell you right now, you're poisoning his brain is what you're doing. Um, but if you ever let him be a Cowboy fan, you better never tell me because I swear to God, I'm finding another co-host. And I swear I'm not. No, that, that would that would never happen. I that this is a Cowboy free household. And. Uh, no, I actually an interesting side note, you might you'll find this interesting, Brian. Is my cousin, um, well, I should say my aunt and uncle used to live in, I want to say, was it not Landover? Uh, well, they lived in Potomac, Maryland for a, after after a while. But anyways, my cousin uh, pet sit or babysat for Daniel Snyder. Well, that, that must have sucked working for a prick. Well, she got good money. But anyways, that's I. Yeah. <laughs> I can't say kicking yeah. any worse than that, right? I guess. Yeah. But yeah, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. Um, the one thing I will say, guys, that outside of obviously my Bills losing, embarrassingly, I should say, they weren't the only big name that either lost or had trouble. Uh you had uh Kansas City lost to Detroit, you had Cincinnati lose to Cleveland, uh, and then you had Philadelphia, you know, get have a little trouble with New England towards the end there. Um, is this just kind of the you know turning of the guards, or is it just one week, dude? It's- what what happened to Burrow? That was the most shocking game to me. Not Kansas City, not Buffalo, not not even the um the struggle that the Eagles had. That was mind blowing. It's just, you know what, it's shocking too, but it's also, uh, it's week one. Like, if this is week three and you see all this stuff is still happening, that's when you think there's an issue. Yeah, there could be, you got to see how they bounce back because week, really week two is where you find out who they are. And week three is where, well, week two is where you find out if they, if they, if they got something. And then week three is where you find out who they are. Um, so we still got some time for some of these people, but yeah, I will say I was shocked though about Burrow. Like I was, it, it, it kind of blew my mind a little bit. I wasn't expecting that, but I will say this Thursday night football was amazing. It was an amazing Thursday night game. I thought, and I got a funny story about that. So Thursday I'm at white Plains, get there. We do set up everything. Afterwards we decide I want to go to a sports bar and watch the game. Two games were on. I had that game, uh, the first game in the NFL, but also my Louisville Cardinals were playing Murray State. I had I had season tickets I had to give away this year, or sell away, I should say, give away, but sell away this year. Um, so it was a home game. I wouldn't have been there anyways. I've been in White Plains, but they were playing Murray State, which is 
pretty much a, a cup, cupcake game. But in the last few years, Louisville has struggled against those teams. They've still won, but they've, you know, won by maybe 20 when they should have won by 70, whatever. So I'm watching the game. This is funny. We're watching the the NFL game, and, you know, the the uh, that the goes a commercial. I'm watching Louisville at this point is up 42 to nothing, okay? Third quarter, whatever. They get the ball, they break free, the uh, run it, uh, running back breaks free, runs it in for a touchdown. I'm going, yeah, go, 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 go. He goes in, 49 to nothing. I have, at the other table, there's EY and, and Eric Tompkins and some of these other production people that Brian knows. And they're all like, <laughs> Josh Matthews, they're all like looking at me going, well, what do you look up at the game and see that I'm cheering them on going, like, the game is over. What are you doing? I'm like, I'm excited. They go, turn this game off. The game is over. <laughs> <laughs> I like, guarantee you most of that was coming from Josh Matthews. Actually, it wasn't. It wasn't. It was coming from Eric Tompkins. But, uh, but, oh, it, wow. was, uh, but it was just like they were – it was it was funny. I mean, they do have a point. Like, the game was over. But it's been a while since I've seen us dominate like that. Uh, it's been since Charlie Strong was there. Actually, the first year of Bobby and with Lamar Jackson was like that too. But – it's been a while, so it was good to see that back. But yeah, it's pretty funny moment. So I had to share that story um, with you all. Figure out, yeah, would like that. Cool deal. I actually like that story because I know everybody you're talking about. Right, you know everybody at the table, and there's other ones that I I can start naming Brian Allen and a bunch of other people you'll know. But they were all like, they were all making fun of me, like, dude, what are you doing? Like, come on, watch a real game. No, nobody would make fun of you in the wrestling business. Stop it. This is a very kind business. <laughs> well, all, say, yeah. do, well, it I guess the, it depends, right? You know, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> but Brian, it's just you. You see the, you know, I'll bring this up too because you brought the team up. Was the Dallas Cowboys Sunday Night Football in the Meadowlands put up a forty burger, shut out the New York Giants. Uh, just but amazing defense. You know, you get a scoop and score on a block punt. You get, you know, a, a, a pick six or what have you. It's just unreal. Is it just a matter of, okay, like like I said, one week? You think they're basically going to get back to their old selves? No. They played a shitty New York Giants team. Who's the shits? Daniel Jones sucks. They're great at shutting down the run. That takes Saquon out. They were not going to let him beat them. And – Dak still did Dak things, basically nothing, except he didn't throw a pick, I don't think. Um, but he, he didn't. No, he didn't, I don't think. His stat lines still stunk. He didn't do anything. I mean, so you take away what the defense was able to do, and I know you can't take away. From what, if, would I be happy with my team performing like them? Absolutely. So I'm not taking anything away from Dallas. But I'm just saying, look who they were playing. They're playing the freaking yeah. Giants. You know, come on. Um, let's see what happens. Like, as, as Daniel would say, let's, let's see what happens about week three. I think, what do they got next week? Y'all pull it up real quick. Who are you talking about, Dallas? Who, who does Dallas have? I know we have Denver. Who are you playing, Daniel? Uh, let me – I got to look. I pulled up here. You got to know. Because we, we got um, – well, Bills have va- – or the uh, Raiders come into town for their home opener. Um, let's see. De- you got Phillies. Philly is Thursday. Philly's at home Thursday night against Minnesota. Minnesota. Uh, Dallas is home against the Jets. 
wow, that's a win and an easy one. Easy um, one. But I don't Colts know, though, man. In Houston. They, yeah, Coach Webster said we have Houston, yeah. We, um, well, I don't know, man. The Jets may get up in uh, Dak's ass, man. Yeah, but the thing is, like, like I said, with that defense, because you saw like that front, that front uh, defensive line for Buffalo really, I think, really did well. And I'm not saying it. Obviously, I'm obje- I'm very objective there, but any type of the defense that did well was the defensive line for Buffalo. I'm um, confused too. Usually, the first week of the NFL that you have two Monday Night Football games, but it's next week we're going to have two Monday Night Football I games, and this week was only one. So, did it you, might have just been was, scheduling. I would, th- I yeah. would think, yeah. because we have. Let's see here. Was it Monday night? You got uh, New Orleans at Carolina at seven fifteen on ESPN, and then you have right. Cleveland and Pittsburgh at uh, eight fifteen on ABC. Um, yeah. But like you said, Daniel, they usually have that that first week. So I don't know yeah. if it was the like scheduling. Maybe they wanted to or... give, or maybe because Aaron Rodgers to the Jets, they wanted to give him all the <laughs> prime team prime time, but didn't really work out for them. But really, really, don't, uh, really worked work out for the, they got well the for one, them. they got the win. So it's it's crazy. He's out for the season, right? Man, ain't that wild? Eight or Achilles, man, it's it, it's rough. Hey, but here's the. Hey, CM Punk lasted longer than him in the UFC. <laughs> that was easy to do. That was cheap. But, playing. I'm just but playing. see, see the, the battle I fight with Dallas, though, man. Being a commander, yeah. commandos, whatever y'all say. Uh, being a you know commander fan and you have to fight against Dallas all the time because you're constantly hearing these annoying Dallas fans around you. And, of course, Aaron Rodgers goes out the week before they play Dallas for the year where that could have been a good win for the Jets. But now mm-hmm. we have a possible cakewalk for the Cowboys. You see how my luck works, guys? I you know, I will say and I, and I and I told I messaged you this um Daniel too is both your guys quarterbacks I really think did very well. Yeah, you know, yeah, how yeah. how there in well. um in uh in Washington and then Richardson there in uh, in Indianapolis. Yeah, now Daniel, did he end up? He got a little banged up towards the end. There is there any word on uh, his status? Is he pretty good to go? Everything I've heard is he's it's fine. Uh, I haven't heard any negative. I mean, I I get updates all the time from ESPN, and nothing nothing scared me. So yeah, um, you know, it's I I think it's you know it's 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 going to be okay. I mean, it's going to be a tough game in Houston at Houston next week. Um, got it. We got to go. We got to win that. We got to go one on one. Um, in order to I mean, I, I just because that's our that that's two losses in our division, so that would not not be good. We have to we have to keep that um, keep it one on one uh, at this point. But uh, it's gonna well, be great. They, yeah, the, the best thing about the best thing about football period happen happens on Sunday night, regardless, is when Carrie Underwood comes out and says, "Are you ready for Sunday night football?" So that's uh that's the best thing about football period is Carrie Underwood. Right. No, I get that, and like I said, it's <laughs> it. I'm hoping all this, you know, this fiasco is freaking little freaking Daniel. Only Daniel would say that shit. Jesus. Do you know what she's getting paid? Do you know what she's getting paid? I heard it's I heard it's crazy amount. I haven't heard it officially. But I heard oh oh oh, um oh what's her face? Shit. He just said it. Carrie Underwood. No, Carrie Underwood, yeah. Hey, 
she, they better hope that figure don't come out to these running backs. I can tell you that. <laughs> Jeez. Are you ready for some football? Man, wow. Sunday night party. Dan, you're, Daniel, you're a hog. You're such a hog. <laughs> and speaking of Hulk, let's go to our reference review this week. This is Reffin Review. There was a particular ref bump that I wanted to get your guys both opinions on. Um, you know, first, uh, Brian. Uh, Daniel showed you the uh, the video of one Allison. I believe what it said, Allison K. Allison Lee is her name. Lee, excuse me, I apologize. Allison K. Um, a wrestler worker. Yeah, yeah. Um, sh- that she took a pretty stiff bump from Trinity at Victory Road. A uh, nice stiff kick. Uh, you've taken a lot of um, good ref bumps in your day. Brian, how you saw the video, what is something that you think she did well? Something that you think she could improve on? So the bump was fantastic. Um, she took a great bump and uh, looked like Trinity laid in a little bit, which is good. It's what you want. That way you have something to sell. Um, I think that's very important when taking a ref bump. The, mm-hmm. you know, the rest of it after the bump wasn't, you know, mostly her fault as far as the false finish and all that goes. And I'll let Daniel touch on what he noticed as well with something else. But but the other thing I noticed is that she sat there before the bump, so the pre-bump, and she looked very nervous and looked like very, like I'm setting up for a bump. She awkwardly got behind the girl, which I, I understand, I, I get but there's ways of doing it. Like I've told Daniel before, instead of standing there like that, ready to take that bump, figure out how she throws the kick, get out with her, with her that day, figure out how she throws the kick and, and filter in behind her as the kick's coming. A, it looks better. It'll be stiffer. Uh, B, did I do B? No, B. Oh, here we go. B. Um, <laughs> Ding. Yeah. B. She won't look like a robot standing beside her, behind her. That's not what she would stand in a normal match. You know what I mean? And I'm not beating her up. What I'm saying is here's how to get better, Allison. What you need to do is you need to figure out their move. You need to figure out how they do it. Do that during the day. Go over it. And that, that way you can feed in and you don't have to plant yourself in an awkward position that you're never in. I looked at it. I saw you. And I was like, okay, well, she's perched up. Plus, you even bent down with your knee, like ready to brace for the bump. Don't do that ever either. Because that's going to hurt you one day. You need to feed in and just take it naturally, and just go with the with the with the way the kick goes to you. Other than that, though, the bump was great. I loved it, um, Daniel. I know you want to touch on a couple of things. I don't want to steal it from me, but uh, those those are the things I noticed. The bump was great, but just you need to do it a little bit better by feeding into it, not just standing there planted in, in an awkward out of position place. Yeah, a couple of th- yeah, a couple of things. I mean, the only things I really have talked to her about yet. I haven't really. I'm going to actually go over this whole match with her. Um, and just cause I haven't, I didn't get to watch the whole match, but, um, as of, as of yet. So, um, yeah, I mean that this, the bump was fantastic. Like I thought she, I, we, um, you know, watched her beforehand, what she was going to take thought, okay. But she took it great. Her, 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 her initial sale on it was great. The only thing that I would have liked is that she needed to start coming up a lot sooner, uh, because she, 
was kind of just out for the entire for a long time. And there's there's a time where okay, now you've been knocked out. Now it's time to kind of revive yourself and start to come to, especially since there's not another ref coming out for the match. Um, and then um, there when it, when she did get up and it was time for her to count. Um, you know, it, it's their falsy was not as uh, uh, or her counts for a falsy was not as slow as it needs to be. Um, it needed to be a lot slower because of what she just took and how she was selling it. So the, the count didn't match the sell. So that was my only, uh, well, couple, one of my big critiques of it, of it. And, and it wasn't, I wasn't the only one. There was others that told her that too, uh, in the back afterwards that saw it, um, that gave their, their opinions and thoughts of it. So, um, but, uh, yes, I think she was nervous. I think because that's pretty much her first. I think she might have took one other bump from Tommy Dreamer, but it was a squasher. So it was on a digital mm-hmm. match. I don't think it's ever aired actually yet. So I think she's that's your only other bump. And that's a big pay per view for her in a, in a semi main event. So that was a pretty big moment. So I get being nervous, uh, for that. So, um, I'm proud of her for, for taking it and, and, um, you know, and, um, letting her, letting it happen without putting her arm. Cause we even said, put you put, Gail even told her to put her arm hand up and she didn't. So uh, kudos her for willing to take it and uh, do that. So, uh, yeah, that's my, those are my thoughts on it. And, uh, and no, Gail, no, Gail, you don't tell her to put her hand up. Take that shit like a man. Uh, (laughs) Daniel, you know, you understand what I mean by her feeding into the bump, correct? hundred percent, hundred percent. Yep. hundred percent. Make sure that you go over that with her. Cause I mean, that's, that's, Very important because she stood there very awkward. If you go back and watch, it looks very awkward. She's got bending down, bracing before it's even coming. And and, and she would never stand there. Neither would you, neither would I. In a normal match, you would not get behind somebody's ass and just, you know, just stand there. You know, mm-hmm. you got to work to it. You know, go over that with her. That's very important. And it'll make her so much better the next time. You know what I mean? No, no, no. There was, there was, a, there was a bump that I took um, uh, back in Chicago. It was a squasher from um, Laredo Kid. And, um, they were like, stay, you know, once Bubba gets out of this corner, I think it was Bubba or Moose, I think it was Bubba, gets out of this corner, Um, this is, you know, this is the spot or whatever. And I literally was like, I'm not going to stand in that corner. <laughs> I said, I told Loretta, I said, don't worry, I will be in that corner when you go to the corner, but I'm not going to be in the corner until I need to be in the corner. And because when he spent, it was one of those, you know, reverse doocy do kind of things. So when he comes back at me, I'm not there. But when he comes there i'm there because it has to look um it has to look natural i can't look like i'm waiting for it because then if i see it coming why wouldn't i move because sometimes i legit move in a, in a match because i see it coming when i'm not supposed to take it when they're they're feeding to the corner i got to move out so it's got to be one of those where i i'm moving to the corner but by the time i look over and see it he's already on top of me and boom he hits me so it's got to be one of those so i i made sure he knew that I was going to move. I was going to be there when, when the timing was right. And, um, and he was like, okay. And then of course the bump looked amazing because we timed it perfectly. And I, that's the one thing I hate. I hate the ref waiting, standing, anticipating, knowing it's coming. And you're like, okay, this looks really awkward. Um, I remember being Brian one time I saw someone doing this and was like, they just know that they're just, they can just telegraph the bumps coming this whole time for the next five minutes. You knew the bump was coming because of the way they were acting and, and fidgeting in the whole match. And it was like, just, just be yourself and just take it when it happens, you know? So why the fuck was Laredo kid giving you a fucking bump? What the uh, fuck? Yeah. Well, you know, okay. 
on, on to the next thing. <laughs> so with that being said, I, I think this is going to be the week where we talk about a lot about ref bumps. Um, and obviously with yourself, Daniel being active with impact and Daniel, or excuse me, and Brian uh, being a retired referee. Um, for those that are listening that aren't familiar with what goes into a ref bump, what really goes into that scheduling of that ref bump? Do you go throughout the throughout the day? Don't get too specific if you don't want to, though. Obviously, but do you? Is there something that say, "Hey, we want to do this this time"? And then, do you think about, for example, like say Daniel, you're you're doing the main between wrestler A wrestler B. We're gonna have a bump in this match. Are you then spreading if you're gonna do multiple bumps throughout the event, are you spreading them out or are you only gonna do one big one or how does that go? Well there should be only one rep bump for a show unless there's two in the let's just let's just in the same match and you have multiple rep bumps in the same match. It's just my opinion. Now there could be ref things, you know, like for example, at Victory Road, I uh I got hit. Uh, with a with an arm from uh from Kashida, it didn't bump me. I didn't knock me out. I got hit. Um, later on in the show, I got pulled out on a pull on a on a three count. You know, on a one two, got pulled out for a spot that that caused some confusion, distraction that allowed um you know things happen there. So I mean, there there's different there's different way like that wasn't a, I got pulled out, but I was able to get right back up. It wasn't one of those where I got pulled out and I'm out. I got pulled up. I'm like, what the hell happened? You know, kind of deal. So there's different uh there's different things that uh that we um you know that that goes into it. So ideally though, you try to not only only have one ref bump, major ref bump, um in a in a show. Um and that's the uh that's the way and and creative comes up with what matches do that. That's not something that we are like, we're gonna do it, so y'all can't it's not it, it's it's in a company like Impact, WB, AEW, whatever, uh, top companies like that, it's a creative thing. Creative, the whoever's whoever's doing creative or booking the show, they're the ones that are determining where that's going to go at and who gets it, who you know, um, who uh, who gets the rights to the to something like that, or or even something like a a, a ref distraction spot with a low blow and things. That's all like that 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 has to be spread out and it has to determine who gets it who doesn't it's very important because if you see it three times on the show just like you see in the same finish three times it becomes like well this is stale this is stupid you you got to you got to kind of have different things to happen because the fans will get bored and leave part about setting it up you know is um through my early years i was told and i was given a format that's what it was um as i got going into my career as I gained more respect and things like that and, you know, got better and all that stuff, they, you know, things changed for me. And I think Daniel's in a position now where he's been an impact for a while now. He's been, you know, kind of a um, cornerstone for them as far as being a referee goes. He knows the talent very, very well. Um, to me, you know, when you're doing a match and you're trying to schedule this thing out and figuring out what you're doing, the first thing I want to know is why we're having a ref bump and what happens after the ref bump. What's the meaning behind it? That's the reason why, I am the one that usually will dictate what the bump will be. Now, I also listen to suggestions always, always, and never have not. And there's usually a suggestion before it's given to me in the layout. Now, 
I've always had not I'm sorry, not always. That just uh it just seems like for always. For a long time, I've had the great honor of saying, well, why don't we do it like this? Because this makes more sense for me of why I'm down for this long. And this helps to finish because of that. So in other words, RJ, to answer your question, it depends. It depends on the situation of, of, of where we're going, why we're doing the ref bump and where we're going after the ref bump. And that's very, very important to me. Plus, I've always been a guy who wants to be a creative ref bumper, if that makes any sense. I want to take ref bumps that are not seen every single week, like a squish in a corner. I haven't taken one of those in fucking years. I'm not going to take one. That's old. Let's do something new. That's old. That's a, that's a cop-out bump that everybody wants to use just because, all right, we need a ref bump. Let's just do a squisher. No, fuck no. We're going to do something that's different that everybody has not seen. Or and, I, hasn't and, seen and I'm very much the same way on that. Like, for example, at OVW about two weeks ago, we had a live show, and they wanted to do a ref bump. And they were like, and they literally go squisher. Let's do something. And I go, no, let's do something. It was a triple threat. They wanted to use chairs. Not even though it's a no DQ, I still don't like to see using chairs in a triple threat. So I was like, hey, why don't we, why don't we do this? Uh, why don't we take? Why don't want uh, Tony Gunn has a flying knee from the top rope? Why don't I get pulled into the flying knee? Shira pulled me into the in, into the flying knee. I take the flying knee and go out. And they were like, ooh, that's cool. I was like, yeah, that's different. No one's seen me a ref take a flying knee. Uh, so it was things like that where, again, they wanted to squish her. And I was like, no, that's stupid. Let's give this crowd something cool, you know? So I'm I'm with Brian on that for sure. Yeah, it's, it's totally cool. Um, you know, there's so many bumps that I've actually made myself that people use now. I'll never claim it. I don't want to. That's not why I'm here. I'm Look, I'm, I'm blessed they're using it. I'm glad. Um, but there's been many that I've done. And it started back in my WWE days. And I'll be angle out to you. You want to go back and watch videotapes of bumps that you have not seen. Go back and watch Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero's matches that I did. Or just a bunch of those matches. Like back in those early times with Kurt Angle. Those were all created by me. They really were. Um, Eddie had a lot of uh, a lot of creativity with bumps, too. Me and him would sit around and just talk about ref bumps. Do this, do that. I mean, we, you know, the drop-down tackle, right? That, 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 we turned that into a bump. We turned that into a bump, mm-hmm. you know? So... There's many creative ways, just, you know, but it all depends on the situation. So a lot goes into it. And and a lot of times you could have, I mean, for example, a lot goes into like, if it's scheduled to be, if it's, if it's on the format, then that determines who the ref is too. Sometimes, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to figure out assignments and stuff of who's going to be able to one to take this. What do they need? What are they doing? Because you have to discuss, have a conversation with the talent. What, what are you thinking about? Okay. Well, all right. Well, if, if, does the ref come back? Oh, okay. Well, if that ref is gone for the day, then that then okay, that's going to determine who that ref is because they may have to ref a main event, or or you may have somebody scheduled to ref another match after that, whatever it may be. So, I mean, me, Brian, me and Brian ran into that at and uh, hard to kill uh, in Dallas in twenty twenty two. You know, they wanted Brian for a match, and then the the girls wanted them for the match, and it was like we had to determine who was going to take this ref bump and then was I going to come back for the finish or was I out and all these other things. So, I mean, it's a big, it's a, it's a, it's an ordeal that you got a, a discussion. It's not just, Oh, here's the ref bump. This is what's happening. You've got to actually look at the whole show and figure out what else is this going to affect in the show with just one ref bump? Cause it can't affect the entire show with one, with one ref bump. And Brian has seen that many times where, well, looks like we're down a ref now after the second match because of this ref pump, you know, so. 
I tell you what sucks though. Uh, before I'll touch on this, and then we'll get up to our second count. Uh, but uh, doing ref assignments sometimes has its uh, advantages and disadvantages. And the reason why I say that is because before you know the format, and before you sit in the meeting, you get the sheet and you kind of just go over the matches, but you're not really reading what they're about and all that kind of stuff. And then you realize when you don't have a great crew, you have a decent crew that you've given somebody one that's got a ref bump in it. And you're like, oh, shit, he can't do that shit. <laughs> and you're like, oh, fuck, let me pull him. And you just don't know what to do. You start scribbling and scratching. And then you got to go to that guy and say, hey, dude, I pulled you out of that. It's It makes it kind of tough. Makes it kind of tough. That's why I started to uh, make Daniel read the sheets before I got to the meetings. <laughs> so that way he could give me the DL on it because I, I was tired of scratching people's names out if you know what i mean uh but anyway yeah no but like i said i only brought that up because it's something that i always found interesting because it's something that you a lot of the fans looking at the from the outside in you normally don't see the psychology the you know the storyline behind it well if daniel goes out in the first match well he can't he's you know can't come back later on if it's really truly a ref bump, so um, I'm well, glad we touched hey, oh, on we that. We had we had we had a situation on this real quick before we end this. We sure. had a situation in Rebellion in Toronto where the the ref bump was going the ref that was going to take a bump was literally not coming back, and it was the second or third match or second match, and it was like okay, and then so we had to get a local ref approved. Now there was somebody that's worked with Impact before, been on TV before. Um, Harry D he's, he's a great guy up there. Um, we had to, you know, work, uh, um, work that Jimmy, Jimmy Cordes knows Harry very well. They've done seminars together, but, uh, we had to, we had to get him approved to be on the show so he could take the bump. That way we, all three of us could still ref the the whole show without worrying about anything else. And that's what, um, and, that, and, and luckily it, it got approved because if not, we would have been down. We, after the second match, we've been two refs the rest, the rest of the way. So, uh, cause we just have a three ref crew at the moment. So. Yeah, so it's it's things like that you have to think about. You have to you have to talk and and through management and creative and make sure they're on the all on the same page. Well, here's another thing. I mean, you want to bump a good referee and then you have three shitty ones for the rest of the night for nine matches. I mean, that's the point. You know, you got to think about what's better for the show, not 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 for people's feelings, but it's better right. for the show. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Right. Uh, but something that has been good for a lot of shows has been Paul Heyman. So let's send it up to our second count and talk a little bit about him. This is your two count. Paul Heyman has gone down in history and will continue to do so um, as one of the best minds in all professional wrestling, I think. Um, whether it be as a owner, booker, writer, manager, whatever. Um, he'll just go down, whether it be WCW, NWA, WWE, ECW. But, Dan, when was the first time that you saw, you know, Paul Heyman work, whether it be, you know, on camera, off camera, what have you? I mean, I, I know that I, you know, watched ECW and saw him there. Um, you know, uh, I, I, I probably saw him when I was a kid as probably dangerously like a young, young kid, but I don't remember it. What I remember the most was, was um, the invasion of Monday Night Raw. And then later, I still remember to this day, like him, when, when the whole thing happened where, um, where Jerry Lawler kind of quit and uh, shoot quit the WWE. And then he comes walking out and with his, you know, his, his ponytail swinging and his hat on and his, 
credentials hanging and it's like swinging and he's going, uh, you know, he's heading to do commentary. Um, and, uh, that's where I were, I was like, what, what is going on? You know, that's, that's where I remember like seeing him for the first time, like really kind of get up there and, and do this, do this do commentary. commentary and, um, um, so, so that's what, that's, uh, that, that's one of my vague, like first really memories of him. But I do remember seeing him in ECW. And I do remember the invasion. And I do remember, like, I'm sure I, again, saw him as probably dangerously, but I just, I really have a yeah. memory of him walking down that aisle leading that uh, commentary um, when Jay, when uh, Lawler uh, quit WB. Well, unlike RJ, I'd like to first wish Mr. Heyman a happy birthday because he did not do that to open it. Because this is what this is about. His 58th birthday. Is that not correct? That is correct. Yeah. Well, cool. Right. Right. Well, 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 why don't well, hold on, hold on. I got an idea and just, just came up to me right here. Can, can we, can we do something special for him? Can we, can we sing happy birthday? Can, can we sing happy birthday to Paul Heyman? RJ. Oh my fucking God. Why, why, why not? It, 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 it's out of respect. It's not like I'm, you know, I'm, you know, that, that guy, but. Um, all right. Uh, Daniel, your thoughts. <clears throat> I mean, look, I'm a guest on the show, so I mean, I guess I, if 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 the host co one of the co-hosts wants to do that, and he's asking us to do it, I I'll just you know I'm I'm gonna do what we normally whatever you normally would do on the show, I'll do it with you. So there you go. Well, we don't normally sing Happy Fucking Birthday, Daniel. <laughs> I, you know, I mean, it, you never know. I mean, you could do it once or twice, right? I guess Paul Heyman deserves a Happy Birthday. Right. Okay, 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 RJ, I'll make a deal. I'll make a deal. Although this idea is stupid, but anyway, um, let me get more beer in me, and let's get to a third segment, our third third oh. count, and we'll, and we'll do it in the third count as we peace out. That way we can I can get some strength to sing. Have you? I guess I, I guess I just jumped, jumped the gun. I haven't drank today. Seriously. I swear to God. Are you, are you even a good singer? No. I, I I am a good singer, like I have a good set of what hairs, hairs, many hairs on my head. Oh my Style gosh. Hairs. I thought you anyways, were let's talk move about, on. <laughs> I was like, if you had hairs anywhere else, you should use Manscaped. Um, you know, they head over to manscaped.com slash ruffin to get 20% off and free shipping. Um, see, there's there's a free ad for Manscaped there. We're not even scheduled for them this week, but I'll do it anyways for them because I love them that much. And honestly, guys, I won't even show you. I won't even show you that much. I actually have. Hey, 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 hey. bro! What, what are you doing? doing? What are you doing? <laughs> keep keep your clothes on. <laughs> I was just showing you showing you my I had the Manscaped boxers. I, on. I don't want to. I don't want to see your Manscaped at all. I'm good. I, I trust you. Can, oh. You tell me you do it. I trust it. That's that's all. RJ RJ has gone AWOL tonight. What <laughs> yeah. the? It's one of those. Well, it's one of those weeks, guys. Seriously, you know, if hey, if you hey, seriously, if you twos can uh, you know show off the guns, I can show <laughs> off you know the Polish hammer if I want to. You know, <laughs> the Polish Polish hammer. I thought they was more like, sausage. Yeah. So uh, yeah, here you go. Yeah, it's cocktail at this point. Something um, <laughs> bit me, man. So. I didn't know uh, we were bringing guns to the to show today. Um, well, you know, you know. Okay, guys, we've got what the hell are we doing? I, am, <laughs> I, I, I got us off on. The, I'll I'll take the blame on that though. That's my fault. Um, right. But no, so, Brian, 
So, Brian, you know, do you go back to obviously with your dad being in NWA before he made the jump over to um, to WWE? Did you ever you know, get in, you know, see Paul as Paulie Dangerously in NWA, WCW? No. And I'm mad about that. Yeah. No, I didn't. Um, and if I did, I don't remember. But no, I, I didn't. And that kind of sucks. I wish I had a story that I could tell you of him with that long hair and a flip phone and all that crap. I, I swear I wish I had a story about that. I, I, I just don't. No, I never did. Yeah, because I always go back to they ran and growing up in Buffalo, they ran the uh, Flick Bert Flickinger Center downtown Buffalo. So kind of like a community, Erie Community Colleges. It was, it was like a, I can't, it's hard to, it was like a festive, uh, um, a venue that you know you had the swimming pools, you had the tracks, you had a giant room, you know, meeting room, what have you. So they always ran it there. So I went there in ninety, I believe it was the ninety eight November to dismember, uh, to ne- November to remember, excuse me. And uh, that was the first time I saw him. He comes out like like Daniel said with the credentials around his neck. You get the hat, the the hat with the the, the ponytail coming out the back, and that was just. One of those times that was before the internet, so you really had to go out of your way to see a lot of, a lot of his stuff in the NWA, and I really think that that was when, you know, he did his best work. I think back then because he's really making a name for himself. You know, he was the manager for the Undertaker before he was the Undertaker. We mean Mark Callis, um, and he made it the being a being a manager cool. You know, he because and, and he continued to do that and he gets a lot of comparisons and rightfully so or not. It's, you know, it's very subjective is he gets the um, he gets thought about in the same sentence as Bobby Heenan. Well, he does definitely today. I think at the time he didn't at the time. Right. You know, right. He, he's Heyman's definitely somebody that is uh, that is, um, you know, like. um made that art form and the, uh, took that art form of manager and like made it his own, added to it, did things that are way above and beyond that you would have seen 30 years ago, you know, um, in, in the business. So, um, you know, he's somebody that, you know, that, and what I love is that, you know, and I, I know we're maybe getting way ahead of, of his career by saying this, but I know like what I love, what I've heard him say in interviews now is that he thinks Bobby Heaton's the greatest manager of all time, but he don't consider himself a manager. He is, if you look at it, he's always been the agent, the adversary, or the um, or uh, advocate, advocate, advocate. Yeah, the advocate. Uh, what's what? He's the wise man right now. He's he's always something other. He's never. <clears throat> who was he for CM Punk? Was he? He wasn't the advocate for them. Who was he for CM Punk? Um, I don't know if he was the actual advocate for it, but he was. You know, he was the Paul he Heyman was, guy. He you know was, I, mean? he, um, I don't think he had a title. Uh, he did. I just can't think of what it was. He had another name. So everything is a different name because to him, the greatest manager is Bobby Heaton. He's not a manager, mm-hmm. but it's the same role. He just kind of have took different levels. And if you look at what he's done with Brock Lesnar when he was his agent, with uh, CM Punk when he was whatever that name he used, when he's with Brock Lesnar when he was his advocate, when he's with Roman Reigns as the wise man. It's the same, but it's every. It's a different version of 
that that uh, that role, that manager. He's doing something different. He's evolving it. He's pulling. He's basically pulling the Undertaker or Chris Jericho or whatever, just in the manager role. He's taking it, involving it, and doing something different. But yet, it's just, it's still amazing. He's still cut an amazing promo in those roles. It's 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 an art form, man. And it's there's no one else like him. Um, you know, I I my personally, I think he's better than than Bobby Heaton, but that's just me personally. I think it's arguable, but I don't. I, I agree with you, and and, and I, I want to just touch on something through our show notes that I that I found that was just astonishing to me because it tells you the wealth of knowledge that this guy and the love of the business that he had. So at the age of eleven, he was running a mail order business selling celebrity and sports memorabilia from his home, yeah. from his home, and still while a teenager, he fast talked. Could you imagine him fast talking anybody? Uh, he fast talked his way backstage at then known as the Worldwide Wrestling Federation, the WWWF event at Madison Square Garden as a photojournalist. Now, could you imagine one of could you imagine my son Trevor trying to fast talk his way and be a photo or, or a photojournalist at Madison Square Garden sneaking backstage basically. That's not happening. That, that, that that's not happening. And he was paid by the company for several of his photographs, which is really cool. So they, not only did he do that to get back, sneak back there, but he got paid. Jeez, man. And then, like you touched on, too, um, like, in WWE, Heyman has managed or served as the manager for a record six world champions. That can't go undenied. The Big Show, Kurt Angle, Rob Van Dam, CM Punk, Brock Lesnar, and as now, Roman Reigns. I mean, that's incredible, man. I mean, incredible. And that's not even touching on all the stuff he did previous to that. The guy's a genius, man. The guy is a genius. He really is. And and, and he does everything very well. Very well. You know, I was a huge ECW mark. I mean, huge. Storylines were fantastic. Um, TV was captivating. Uh, it was just really, really cool. And he was putting all that together and was on-air character. Just good stuff, man. I, I can't say enough good things about Paul Heyman. I think his best work, though, is actually the latest that he's done, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. You know, and he was also at one time uh, in developmental. He was in charge of OVW, which is where you know I'm also at, and and serve as senior official there and and help teach referees. But he was, um, you know, he was there as the head leader, Booker, and uh, um, and writer for OVW during the developmental days when WWE was at OVW. Um, as well. So even he got, he, um, you know, even got, uh, what's the word trusted enough to kind of run that division, uh, for a period of time as well. And there's, there's a great picture out there that I see where it shows, um, uh, Paul Heyman, maybe Lance Storm's in it too, where it's just like, he, they're just, it's, it's sitting in this room where a lot of the guys get dressed in and the big OVW logo and he's just laughing cutting up or whatever and it's like a long meeting of a of writing and it's it's out there somewhere i've seen it so many times on the on the webs but um it's uh it's pretty cool to know that he's done so much stuff but even even something that's still going on today like obw he had a piece in that too as well no no you're right so i want to give you guys three different factions but under the same name that he was associated with him he being paul Heyman. Everybody remembers the Dangerous Alliance, right? So it had three incarnations. He had a WCW version of it. He was his a, advisor. He was CM Punk's advisor. Thank advisor, you. that's Love what it is. Okay, okay. Sorry, it just popped to me. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're I've good. Been bugging me so for the last he, 10 minutes. 
<laughs> so we had a WCW version of it, CWA Continental, and an AWA version of it. So listen to these people that he's worked with previous to the ECW. So the AWA members, Adrian Adonis, Dennis Condry, who was one half of the Midnight Express, Holly Dangerously as the leader slash manager slash advocate insert here, and Randy Rose, who was one half of the original Midnight Express as well. So we go to the CWA, the Continental members. You have Eddie Gilbert, Missy Hyatt, which who she would serve as the valet, Austin Idol, and Tommy Rich. Wow. Exactly. And we haven't even gotten to the WCW, which had Arn Anderson, Bobby Eaton, Larry Zabisco, Medusa, P- Michael P.S. Hayes, who would serve as a manager, Rick Rude, and Steve Austin. So, and this is, like I said, guys, this is all pre-ECW. So it's just unbelievable before he even creates the promotion that was ECW that was Extreme Championship Wrestling after he got Eastern Championship Wrestling. Just unreal for those, just for that laundry list of talent. The only guy that really comes close to that would be a Jim Cornette, I think, because Jim Cornette got into the business the same way as Paul Heyman as a photographer. Yeah. And and that's somebody obviously with you, Daniel, being there in OVW. That's a, that's a, you know that's a, he's he's like a god down there. Somewhat, <laughs> I mean, so, well, I, somewhat. Okay, well, maybe yeah. maybe not a god. Maybe maybe that's a little extreme. But but no uh-huh. no no. Jim Cornette has played a, played a big influence, and in, I mean, Danny Davis turned to him. If it wasn't for Jim Cornette, Danny Davis wouldn't be able to have the OVW or the WB connection, which you know turned into what it was, and and uh, you know. Jim was running it when, um, um, you know, all the all the stars came out. The Cena's, the Lesnar's, the all that. But you know that we're not talking about here. We're talking about Jim Cornette. But I do agree that it is it is they do have a lot of similar paths. But at one time they were also rival enemies. I mean, he was at ECW and he was a, and Jim Cornette was a Smoky Mountain and they were competing on who was going to push out the stars to go sign WCW or WWE WWF or at the time. You know, so it's um. It's definitely wild to see their past. What's crazy though is that technically Jim Cornette, even though he's he's a constant name in the business, he's around and he's involved somewhat in the business as far as having a having his podcast shows, websites, things like that, and making appearances now and then. But Paul Heyman though is still actively working. Um, the mm-hmm. difference between him and Jim Jim Cornette, uh, and that just shows you the because of what who Paul is and what he can do. You know. Um, and it's uh, pretty uh, pretty awesome to see. I mean, there was a one time, I mean, you know, wasn't didn't just a few years ago, they put him in charge as like executive director of Raw or SmackDown recently? I think it was, like, Raw, I think it was Raw because they brought uh, Eric Bischoff in to run SmackDown. Or, yeah, it, may, so, or it might have been the other way around. I can't, I, I'm not 100% on that. But I mean, that's pretty wild. Yeah, because I remember at the time it was like, oh wow, the 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 two people that are running ECW and WCW are running WWE or whatever. It was kind of uh, funny to to say that, but yeah, I mean, it, it's it's Paul is definitely um, amazing, and like, you know, I have one of those shirts that says um, um, 
eat sleep promo repeat which is a paul Heyman shirt it literally just mm-hmm. was a shirt that he he's he can cut the best he's probably still one of the greatest promos ever and i heard him talk about that dusty rose you know taught him how to do the promo Dusty rose allowed him to like sit in booking meetings in wcw and just sit there and just let him just listen and not say and he said i just sat there and didn't say a word and let hear it hurt everything and then later they would look at me and go what do you think and he was like well what do you mean what i think you know um so yeah it's um it's uh pretty uh pretty cool to see what he's done in the business and where he's come from mm-hmm. so what i want to do real quick i'm glad you brought that up that's not what i wanted that's what i wanted is i wanted to play a short video for you guys and a short video which obviously would be audio for our audience but to set you up to show you how good and how quick on his feet Paul Heyman is and was take a listen to this promo it is when he was with Brock Lesnar when he, uh Lesnar was the i believe the universal champion so we'll play it right now in my opinion AJ Styles Heyman seems a little confused. <laughs> They're chanting, she said yes. Somebody in the WWE Universe just proposed. Hey, uh, just so you know, she only said yes because she's never been up close to a beast like Brock Lesnar. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Oh, yeah. Just so you know, interrupting my promo is like stepping into the ring with Brock Lesnar. You ain't got a chance. (laughs) So, you know, guys, that goes to show you, and this is just one of many that are out there to show you how good and great, not even good, great Paul Heyman is on the stick. You know, he, 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 he puts fans in the stands by just talking. Um, I don't know. That's but, what I was going to get at. And I got sidetracked when I said, you know, Dusty Rose let him be in those bookie meetings or whatever, but like Dusty Rose said, taught him the, 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 the sell the promo. The promo is, is what are you going to say at the end to make people buy the ticket or buy the pay-per-view to watch that? It's, it's, it, that's the art of it. It's not the, I'm going to say this amazing promo to like, get one over on this person or do whatever it's it's what you can say creatively whatever that may be whatever the story of your selling what can you sell that make them go huh i'm i i've got to buy this pay-per-view now because i got to see his part his person kick this person's ass or vice versa i got to see so-and-so kick his ass because i want him to shut up you know whatever it may be it, it it's that it's that art and um He's amazing at it. He could probably sell ice to an ex, ex, ex I can't even say it. Water to a fish. How about that one? That's easier. <laughs> that would be an Eskimo. Eskimo. Uh, thank you. Eskimo. I don't know what <laughs> happened. I could say Eskimo. I saw you struggling. I saw you struggling. <laughs> it was so bad. I don't know. What was that? No, what does it mean, though, when you're not being used, they, re- they refuse to fire you and leave you at home and pay you buku money 
because they know you're going somewhere else and you're going to benefit somebody else. That's what Paul Heyman did to Vince McMahon in his mind. And that happened for years. That just shows you the value that's right there. I mean, he's been the lead SmackDown writer before. I mean, there's nothing the guy hasn't done in the business. Now, I I pose a question to you. Both of you. Who's the better talker? Paul Heyman or Jim Cornette? Don't answer of all quickly. time, of all, of all time, or in their heydays. No, of all time. I mean, if you, if you said who's the better talker, who, who you who who you putting stacking up against it? If you put them two in the ring together, and they were having a manager versus manager, Brock Lesnar versus whoever Jim Cornette was, who I you so want to see that right now? Though I would that that's a pay per view to me to see them go at it right now, and they're. Uh, in, in the ring and, and verbally on the on the mic, but hey, hey Daniel, if there was a if there was ever a time that there was announced on any show, AEW, Impact Wrestling, Raw, SmackDown, that there was going to be a face off between Heyman and Cornette, I am tuning in so fucking fast and could care two fucks about the 100%, rest. Hundred mm-hmm. percent, I'm the same way. Um. <laughs> I, you know, uh, here's, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say, I'm going to lead towards Heyman, and here's why. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain. Heyman, not saying Cornette hasn't done this, but Heyman's done it more often. Heyman has had me literally, like, zoned in, taking in this emotion, listening to what he has to say, and just, if, just forgetting about everything at the moment and going, Oh my gosh. Oh yeah, I, I agree. I, I I see. And then just like that, turn it on a dime and, you know, get me. Oh, that motherfucker. He just got me. Mm-hmm. Jim could do that, but Heyman does it so creatively and well that I like it. Mo- it's the emotions. It's that it's that brings you high and low. I feel like, I feel like, um, Cornette would just give you the one emotion and just, you know, you're getting it. You're, oh, you're getting hit between the eyes or whatever it may be. You're like, oh, wow, this is, this is great. Okay. Yeah. Or get excited, whatever it is. I don't think he can take you where Heyman does and go from excitement to sad to mm-hmm. curious to disappointment to worried to excited to you son of a, you know, like Heyman <laughs> can do that in one promo. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you on that aspect, Daniel. So I, I, I was leaning towards Heyman too myself, but I, and I actually was going to say exactly, not exactly what you said, but along the same lines as you said it. But I also say with a with a Heyman promo, it's like you get like it's like I want to say it's like buckshots coming off from each side and this side and that side. With with Cornette, I think it's just like one initial boom. Now, now one initial here, firework. Here's where I think the, the clip we just played. I think yeah. Cornette would have been quicker and had had a better comeback on that than Heyman would have. I think Cornette's better when it comes to quick comebacks and yeah. snaps and whatever. I think I think Cornette's better with Heyman there. So Heyman Heyman was taking an in and listening and like, okay, I want to respond to this to tie this into this what I'm talking about right here. 
Cornette would have not done that. Cornette would have just done whatever to get that part over and then switch switched on. So there's things that Cornette is definitely a little bit better on than Heyman. But overall, I think Heyman's a better promo just because of the roller coaster of emotions he can take you on in one promo, let alone, you know, it, whatever story he's trying to sell to as well. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. Here, here's my here's my take. If I want to get a story over and I want to have people invested and we're do- we're talking wrestling, Paul Heyman is the best. There is none better. Uh, simply everything you touched on, Daniel, the motions he has you there, up, down, square, you don't know where the fuck to go. Um, but he has you invested. Now, I'm going to tell you right now, if my kid was being bullied at school, and I wanted someone to talk to that motherfucker. I put Jim Cornette in front of them. Oh, way, way before I put Heyman. Because Jim Cornette is the realest when it comes to thinking of things and saying some nasty ass shit. I mean. Right. And that, and that was my point when it comes to, like, she said, yes, Cornette would have done been on it like that and then said something and then. Put that, and it, I might even say he would have he would have made fun of her and put him down. He would have done said something like, "Okay, let's get people off of that quick and back to where I gotta go." So quick it would have took the 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 ninety seconds it took for that clip. It would have happened quicker. But Heyman took it emotionally. So there's the, there's the difference between the two. Absolutely, I, I I just know that if they were to square off in the ring, okay, like we were talked about, I believe that Jim Cornette would win the room because. He's funnier when it comes to what he says, and he's nastier. You know, I'm not saying Heyman can't get nasty. Don't get me wrong. Um, and in all fairness, I have heard both of them backstage going off. And, and I, I tell you, Heyman's very, very, like, he's going to wake your ass up. You know, you're going to realize you're in a, in, a, in, a, in a fire pit. Cornette is more like, I almost want to laugh at him. You know how your dad used to get mad at you and he got so mad and you just like laughed at him? Yeah. I don't know if y'all did, but you just, yeah. you just were like, like, dad, what are you talking about? Why are you so mad? Like, <laughs> like you didn't do that with Heyman. You just went like this. You sucked it up, buttercup, and you took your beating. Jim Cornette has that, that way of like being like, why are you so mad? Why are you so upset? <laughs> right. mm-hmm. Why are you so yeah. funny? Like, <laughs> It's just, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. So one last thing before we get to a listener question is I want to pose this to you. I want to end on this in this segment at the end of the day, what do you think? And this is for both of you. What do you think Paul Heyman would be best known for? I'll give you a couple. I'll give you two options. He's good. Is he going to be most recognized? And remembered as the face and the founder of ECW, Extreme Championship Wrestling, or the advocate, you know, we said the voice, whatever you want to call him, for the likes of CM Punk, of Brock Lesnar, of Roman Reigns. Not saying one is better than the other. I'm just saying, what do you think he's going to be best known for first, Daniel? The latter. The latter because yeah. of the emotion he took you on. ECW was a it like the difference with ECW is like we our ages and our generation remembers ECW and loves ECW. My daughter doesn't know ECW. I can show her stuff. She, oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I show her the old clips or whatever. 
But the emotion of her is seeing her with Brock Lesnar, seeing him or seeing him with Brock Lesnar, seeing him with Roman Reigns and hearing him talk there and all that. That is that. So the legacy of him is based on it's him being the advocate, the the advisor, the the wise man, uh, the agent, all these different people that he's been. That is um, his legacy. It's not going to be ECW. It's going to be that. I, uh, I, I totally disagree. Totally. 100%. Um, I believe that Paul Heyman was put on the map because of ECW. We call I that he, devil's advocate, by the way, not advocate, devil's advocate. He disagreed with me, but go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's okay to disagree, Daniel. No, uh, I, I, I 100%. <laughs> uh, but no, I, I think that without ECW, there isn't the strength in the in, in the um, command behind Mr. Heyman. I mean, he can't go into arena without there's an ECW champ. And maybe mm-hmm. there's a difference in age. Maybe there could be a difference in age between Daniel and myself. But I can tell you right now, I think that people are always going to remember Paul Heyman, ECW first, great person and, and, and actor and, and advocate and manager and all that after that. I, I, I just do because I think that ECW was so such a rich brand. It meant so much to the wrestling world at some point that he was the conductor and people really knew who Heyman was. And I just really, truly believe that people are always going to remember him as ECW owner first. I just do. I, I looked at this and then we'll go to this, the third count. I agree. And with both of your guys sides, but I think oh, regardless, on, no, 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 no. I have, I have a thought behind this. If I believe it or not, regardless whether they believe, Hey, he's, yeah, no kidding. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm thinking, guys. So you know it's being an issue. You can see the smoke coming out of my ears. No, don't do it. Um, whether they go, they think it's going to be the wise man, the advocate, or whether it's going to be ECW. The way the technology is now, guys, you're going to be going over to the internet to Google, and you're going to Google Paul Heyman, and you're going to see. A lot of this great stuff he's done, whether it be the ECW stuff, whether it be the advocate stuff with Lesnar or show or whomever. But push comes to shove. Paul Heyman's one of the greatest of all times. He's not the greatest of all time. But with that being said, let's send it up to our third count and get a couple listener questions. Football is back in full swing with another week of epic games. And who's got you covered on the action for every single one of them? DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 on football and get $200 instantly in bonus bets. Nobody is missing out on the action this season. All DraftKings customers can take advantage of two new offers every game day this September. Get in on the NFL Week 2 action with DraftKings Sportsbook by downloading their app now and use the promo code REFIN, that's R-E-F-I-N, to sign up. New customers can bet just $5 and take home 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with the promo code REFIN, that's R-E-F-I-N, the crown is yours. For gambling problems, call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. 
please play responsibly. Void in Ontario. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after insurance. Eligibility and deposit restrictions may apply. We got a laundry list of questions, but we only got one time time for one more. So what we're going to do is send it up to WWE Master 2018. Uh, He's got a question for you, Brian. He says, do you remember the Concrete Crypt match storyline when Paul Heyman abducted Paul Bear and put uh, Bear in a cement truck and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera? Later, Undertaker killed Paul Bear in the end of the show of the Great American Bash 2004. What was your reaction to all of this? Uh, I remember it very good. Uh, it was in Norfolk, Virginia, and it was um, stupid. It was, I mean, I don't know how else to say it. Um, I, I remember walking through this that day, and me and Take were looking at each other like, what the fuck are we doing? Um, I was, let's see, what year was that? 2004 was, uh, yeah, was, um, Russo there in 2004? Uh, no, no, Russo wasn't there. Uh, Russo well, was in the TNA. Who the fuck thought about this? Bruce Pritchard? That could have been Bron Gerards. Oh, Bron Gerards would never have thought about that. I don't know though. He's got a scatter mind. I like him. But yes, I remember that very, 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 very much. It was a, uh, it was a very unique uh, thing. It was really well, was, weird. Was, was this? Was, wait, but was was this a SmackDown? Um, was this SmackDown? Yes, yeah, oh, SmackDown. Was Heyman running SmackDown at the time? Was he head of creative in two thousand four? Not, not that I remember. Not that I remember. Okay. Yeah. So, so uh, RJ, let's go on to some other questions here. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. I uh, we got I think we got something more important to do. What are you talking about? Dude, we got we got to sing happy birthday to Paul Heyman. Oh my god, RJ. You haven't forgotten about that? What is your fix? You're actually serious about this. I'm dead serious. I am as serious as a heart attack. Can you have one real quick? I almost had one last night during the Bills game. Oh my God, RJ, are you really being serious right now? <clears throat> oh dear God, Daniel, please help me. Uh, me, me, I'm, me, I'm me, just... me. <laughs> Happy <laughs> birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Paul Heyman, dangerously. Happy birthday to you. Thank you, wise man. Oh, God. Thank you, wise man. <clears throat> you can hit me up on social medias if you want to book me for your birthday party slash bachelor at parties. Brian, um, when you when you asked me a month ago to fill in for Jimmy Cordeas, you never said this type of shit would happen on the show. Bro, I've never seen RJ. He's on some kind of fucking prescription or something. He has no sleep. You need to get some sleep tonight, RJ. Well, I'll try. I can't guarantee anything, but um, but on on a serious note, though, um, we got a lot of good stuff going on. 
here at Refn Up, but Dan, you got a lot of good stuff going on. OBW Impact. Um, so yeah. w- what do you got coming up? Well, uh, two things uh, back to back here. We this week is the debut of the show Wrestlers on Netflix. Uh, their premiere, I should say, or debut, whatever you want to call it. Uh, seven episodes. Binge watch it if you got Netflix. It's gonna September the thirteenth. So as this is airing, it's September the thirteenth. So check it out on Netflix. You'll see me a few times on that show and many other people and our good pal Al Snow uh, is on that as well. Our friend Shira. Um, I, I mean, even, even James storm makes an appearance, I believe on there. Um, and then also uh, this week, the um, this week on impact wrestling, it's the impact 1000 episode, the milestone. We're actually going to have a two week celebration of that uh, milestone, but, if the official 1000 is actually this Thursday night uh, and it just was announced um, D- team 3d will, will be in, in action. That's first time back in action, seven years, nine years in impact, but seven years as a team period. That's going to be pretty cool. And the X division titles online, Chris Saban uh, is going to challenge Leo rush, the X division champion for that title. So, if uh, Chris Saban wins, he's a 10-time exhibition champion and holds the record at that point. So that's going to be pretty cool. Uh, so check that out. And a special announcement gets done. Maybe have to do with the Hall of Fame. So you don't want to miss that. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that's kind of those two things I want to plug there is uh, that and uh, and um, wrestlers on Netflix. Why do I always have to remind you every week? What's your social medias? Where can they catch you? Oh, at? yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I mean, I was just going to put over the things. I, I didn't realize we we're going to also do socials. But, yeah, so uh, you can also uh, we'll start off with my podcast, Ringside Podcast, at Ringside Podcast. You can follow us all on the social media. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, just like where you listen to this one, you can also listen to that at Ringside. Just search for Ringside Podcast or just go to ringsidepodcast.com. All right, we have a video format on YouTube, youtube.com slash at Ringside Podcast. And individually, you can get me on the Twitter, the X, the threads, the Instagram, wherever you want to call it, whatever, all that. It's at Daniel Spencer. I will not plug my TikTok for Brian's sake. You're the man. (laughs) The TikTok. Um, Well, Brian, we definitely know that you are not on the TikTok. So um, if if you were, I think it would be all flexing pictures anyways or videos, whatever. Beside the point. how can people get a hold of you and uh, check out what you're doing? Well, I'm very simple. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. Um, uh, so you can catch me in the next city, which will be never uh, right now. <laughs> and I am at baby Hebner on Instagram and I'm not calling it the X I'm on Twitter uh, at baby Hebner. And if you want to call it X, you call it X. And I'm not gonna lie. I am very, very super stoked about the, impact 1000 i really am uh i cannot wait and i'm very very looking forward to it and i mean with all my heart i am gonna actually watch flip a little bit to football because i am a football fan as you obviously all know now at this point but i really want to pay attention to this show i've got some special people that came back on it i'm not going to ruin it for anything but cannot wait for it but yes yep i'm good to go Awesome. You guys can uh, hit up the show's Twitter and Instagram at Refin It Up. Refin it up excuse me. Uh, go over to castby.com slash Refin It Up. Get all the great platforms that we're on as well. Uh, AJ McKay does great. Great doesn't, you know, 
doing a just fine, phenomenal audio for both this show and obviously yours, Daniel's as well. Uh, big shout out. He's doing, oh my God, he's doing so, so much uh, good stuff uh, all gr- across the board. Uh, You'll probably see him a lot on the Netflix show wrestlers. Wrestlers as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, he'll be the big, I think he's, he's bald and beautiful too, right? Yeah, he's tall, bald and beautiful. Yep. There you go. Who's tall, bald and beautiful? AJ McKay. He, I can't, I, I've never seen him. That's what's crazy. Really? I, yeah. Yeah. Never seen him. Oh, that's right. Cause he was more, he was more hanging out with your dad than you. That's right. Hmm. But, he, but he loves me. Oh, he does love you. Yeah. <laughs> and somebody else that we do love is uh, JD Hoop. So big shout out to him. He was just oh, man. He, he made me look like a million just, bucks last week. Yeah, I know. That's that's <laughs> you know. I will just leave it at that. Um, but uh, no, do it. Just wait, come wait, back. Wait, come wait, back wait, from yeah. Starcast. RJ, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Back up for just a second. He he did make you look like a million bucks. The fuck? Yeah. I know. I was like, I look like, like a fucking. Cow. I look like a stick figure. Hey. I, 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 I don't know. I may have I may have had a sleeping below something. I don't know. But all I know is that he made me look like a million bucks. And I was I was like, wow, this is uh, I need. Uh, I never look so good. Maybe you slipped him something that RJ's got in him. That's this episode. Fuck. <laughs> you, you'll never know. Uh, but no, Jaden Hoop doing a lot of great stuff. Went to StarCast. Did a lot of good stuff at StarCast in, uh, in Chicago back. And he's rare and ready to go with a lot of this great stuff that he's doing for us and so many other people. But uh, next week, gentlemen, we'll be welcoming in the one, the only, the Blue Meanie will be joining us next week on this Woo-hoo! episode. Looking forward to that, man. Um, if you guys aren't uh, following him, make sure you follow him. He's doing a lot of great stuff, too. So, um, But other than that, if you guys, you guys got anything else? Nope. Well, guys, thank you guys for Daniel Spencer, for Brian Hamner. I am RJ, and we'll see you here next week on Reffin' It Up. One, two, three.